welcome to the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast with your hosts Chip Patterson and Barton Simmons. The ultimate insider's guide from signing day to the national championship game and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast. Big voice in the sky. This is week 11. This is the Locks Podcast. I am joined, as I am always, each and every week to break down uh, our favorite picks against the spread, over-unders, uh, and the likewise. We're also going to break down the biggest games of the weekend. Tom Fernelli, Barton Simmons. Gentlemen, how how are we feeling here on this Thursday morning? Uh, I'm feeling like Kevin Sumlin after a push last week. Ooh, lock for, first ever push in uh, the history of lock unity, right? Yeah, it's a historic occasion. <laughs> it's a historic occasion. Texas A&M plus 15 uh, with the lock unity call. And uh, what were, Barton, we were calling it the the spectrum of Sumlin. Spectrum of Sumlin, the perfect spectrum of Sumlin game. You start hot. <laughs> you start convinced, convinced not only are you going to win the game, definitely going to cover and definitely going to keep your job by the end of the first quarter. And then by the end of by halftime block, one block punt later, you're probably going to lose the the game. Definitely going to lose the cover and probably going to lose your job. But then, but then Nick Starkle gets us back into cover town or at least push with, uh, with the, I think it was a later score or did Auburn just push it all the way? No, I think they. I mean, they they sniffed around a little bit in the second half, though. I think Starkle got did a lot of his damage in the first half, but there was definitely some. We definitely got back into the. Someone's may not keep his job, but he's at least going to cover this game. Right, and then and then it was, uh, you know, we're definitely going to lose the cover, definitely going to lose the game, and definitely going to lose the job. And then it's when ultimately with Kevin Sumlin, of course. You meet somewhere in the middle. I don't know about you guys, but after that roller coaster, I think I'm off A and M for the rest of the season. <laughs> I don't think I can take it. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to deal who with that. Knows, kind of, you know, it's it's who knows what their motivation is like at this point, right? Know, like, yeah, they they don't really have anything to play for other than I mean, someone certainly has something to play for, but it'll be hard to figure out how much they care the rest of the way for sure. All right. Uh, to recap, last week A and M, as we mentioned, was the push. Barton, strong week. Uh, we did uh, include our audit. Would we say week two? I think was where we were one off, but you still have a commanding lead, plus seventeen on the season. Uh, hit on Miami VT under. Hit on Vandy minus ten. Hit on NC State plus eight. Hit on Oklahoma plus two and a half. Oh, the USC Arizona over was beautiful. Uh, I was cashing seventy three late in the night, and then uh, UCF minus fourteen and a half. That one, uh, that one did not cover. As you, that was a heat. That's a heat check. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Just, I don't. I knew. I knew that was probably a bad pick, but you got to stick to your guns. That was my heat check, and I'll. I'll take the L. Five one and one. Tom with a uh, with a push on Texas A and M, and a push week. Though the Army Air Force under was beautiful. You know, Army. Yeah, I Army only d- wish I'd you know 
made it like three times the lock. Made it a triple lock? I don't know yeah. if we can do that. We'll look into that next year. Uh, I think, I think, put, you know what, put multiple units on it? Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> to catch Barton this year, I think we should both be allowed to make like 10 times locks so each win would count as 10 games. <laughs> well, remember the rules of the locks podcast. It's minimum of three, no max. So if you want to trot out here with a 20-game card, you can catch him. We'll have to go to the rules committee in the off season and see if you can if you can uh, make a multiple multiple unit play on one game. It's uh, uh, Miami Virginia Tech under cashed, but the Michigan Minnesota over wait yeah Michigan Minnesota oh Michigan Minnesota over cashed oh we need to check Price Waterhouse Cooper bookkeepers all right so uh, you were up so you were plus eleven on this season. Chip cashed on Florida, Missouri under 61 when it was 61 and a half. Sweet. Uh, UCF, UConn under cashed. But uh, other than that, it's just L's. Uh, Arizona plus seven and a half. Texas plus seven. UCF minus 14 and a half. And then the Texas A&M push minus one on the week. Back to minus two. 19 points off the pace. I can so the question is, Chip, <laughs> yeah. after an, after an eight-play week that didn't quite go according to plan, how many do you have this week? We'll see. I, I, will, I will reveal my total card as the show goes on, but I did have <laughs> – we had a players-only meeting. The staff met with the athletic director, and I think that I had to channel my spirit animal, Paul Johnson, because Paul Johnson doesn't care whether he's up by 14 or down by 21 – the offense is going to run the same way, you know. You just got to stick to it, and I'm not. Still just, I'm just whispering in the wingback's ear. Yeah, sending Amanda to 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 call the play. Yeah, we just we got we just got to keep trying, you know. We got to keep trying the dive, you know. We got to keep trying to run the counter and the power, and uh, you know, I've I've got seven this week, but it's not like I was stretching myself for seven. I feel good okay. that uh, that I kept it within the process for this week, so. Um, I'm feeling good about that. Tom, are you are you going heavy to try and chase Barton? Uh no, I've I've only got five picks for this week, but if if I could just take a moment to send a shout out to PJ Fleck. Shout out PJ Fleck for that Michigan Minnesota over because you see Minnesota was losing 33 to 7 in like the last 2 minutes of the game. And on a fourth and short, instead of, you know, trying to go for a first down and get a meaningless touchdown, P.J. Fleck decided to be elite and kick a meaningless field goal instead. And that field goal is what pushed that game over. Hey, Tom, wasn't at one point at like 33 to 7 and like early in the third quarter or something and Michigan had the ball inside the five? Yes. Yeah, it, it looked like a super easy over early in the third quarter and then they didn't score there and... Nobody scored for like the next 25 minutes until that Minnesota meaningless Minnesota field goal. I remember looking minute. up at that with like the 33-7, Michigan had the ball inside the five, and I just sort of I just checked it off, said, well, there's a cover for Tom. Yeah. And then I looked up, you know, an hour later, and it's still 33-7. I said, what the hell happened? So that's – I was pleased to see Fleck take care of you late in the game there. Oh, he's, he's, he's a hero forever now. <laughs> An, a, a cover hero forever. All right, Barton, you've got the honors – Lock me up. We're picking locks. My blue plate special five-star locks are coming. Come get these locks. Five-star master lock. Lock it up. You 
want these locks? I'm, I'm, I'm living and dying every, every point, every cover. All right, I'm going to go. So this week I'm playing some underdogs. I There's some... Th- there's some plays this week that are going to take some guts, I think, that I'm, I'm, I'm nervous about, and, and yet I feel confident they're the right side of the play. I'm going to get to those, but the one I feel is, is sort of the, the favorites that I feel confident in and comfortable in is USC minus 13.5 against Colorado. Uh, that's the one I'm hoping I don't have to sweat out. I, I think USC is... They've sort of survived the, I don't know what you want to call it, the, 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 the war here. Like the war of attrition, they've they fought some battles, they lost some men, and here they are on the back end, and they're, they're about to start sort of getting things, getting their ducks back in the order, making their late season run to look good, to maybe win a Pac-12 championship, to maybe back themselves into a college football playoffs opportunity at least i just think that you know sam darnold's playing better he's still got to take care of the football but i don't think colorado is is really i mean i I just don't think they're a very good football team this year so i think this is a spot where usc continues to get right i mean we've seen in the last couple weeks after that notre dame game they killed arizona state they really took care of arizona i mean yeah arizona scored some points late but khalil taste is going to do that they put up 49 points. Um, I think they put up a, another big spot here against Colorado, and I don't have the same confidence in Colorado to score points as Arizona did. I think they win easily and continue to – to like by the end of the year, we're going to think USC is one of the best teams in college football like we did last year uh, despite a couple losses early in the year. So I'm going to go USC covering 13.5 and, and, uh, and, and doing it easily. I'm on it too. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't know if you've talked me into this. Like if it's, but I, I'm right there with, I feel like USC, not only this week, but I think USC will blow out UCLA next week and go into that, that weird November 25th bye week with really good feelings about the way it is as a, as a 10 and two football team, that's going to have a shot in early December. And whether that's a shot to win the PAC 12 championship and end up, you know, playing in a new Year's six bowl game, or whether that's a, a chance to somehow hope for chaos and get into the playoff. I just, I, I thought they took care of business against Arizona. Like that was a, uh, that was, that was a pretty impressive win. I think, uh, especially to be able to put Arizona away early. And I love the hook. I love the hook here. I'm a little nervous that it hasn't gotten like the Las Vegas bet up to like 14 or 14 and a half. But, uh, but yeah, 13 and a half Sam Darnold against a a Colorado team that I haven't been really impressed with this year. I'll give it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's in Boulder. Um, I mean, Colorado, I don't know. Like when, when has Colorado really looked impressive? I guess against Cal Uh, against Arizona, honestly, like when the, the fact that they hung in that shootout with Arizona, where like Philip Lindsay ran for like two fifty or something like that. Like Steven Montez right. is a good quarterback. Philip Lindsay's a good running back. Um, but you know, they just they don't have a lot of the horses or I guess the Buffalo that they did on defense from a year ago. Yeah. Yep, I agree. And and one thing to keep track of too, I mean, I've also got USC covering. I'm not making it a lock, but it's just we talked about it so much early in the year. Sam Darnold with the interceptions early in the season. You know, through the first six games, he had 12 touchdowns and nine interceptions. Over the last four games, Darnold's thrown 10 touchdowns and only has two interceptions. 
So he seems to have reined things in a little bit, and I feel like it, you're much more confident in USC to cover a spread like that now that Darnold's not turning the ball over so often. Just, just to hand the rock to Ronald Jones. That's winning time, baby. This, just mm-hmm. let's 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 pound it. All right, Tom, what you got? So, was yours a lock or? or oh, yeah, yeah. So? Oh, no, I'm on yeah. it. Like that's that's yeah. one of my seven. All right. Oh, we got we got two thirds lock unity. I know. All right, Tom. Uh, my first lock is Georgia minus two and a half at Auburn. Wow. I know you're both. I know you're both on Auburn, <laughs> and I just have a question for you both. As far as that's concerned, what exactly I've I've seen it a lot of places. I heard it from you guys earlier this week on the podcast. I saw Dennis write about it earlier this week at CBSSports.com. What exactly has Auburn actually done to convince you guys that it's suddenly good enough to beat either of those teams? Oh, I'm less confident in Alabama than I am. And by the way, not a lock. It is my pick for the expert picks. And, you know, when anyone's asking me my pick for the game, uh, but I, I think that, I think that a little bit is just a, just a bet on SEC being weird. Maybe like it just like it, Auburn's Auburn's d- defense is worth trusting, and Georgia has not had to face a defense like that since Notre Dame. Listen, I, I, I'll get into this because we have a, uh, we've got a lock lock conflict uh oh. Lock, you're lock, like, wait, lock you're, fight. I, man, I think, I think the odds makers got this one perfect. So y'all, I'm, I'm out of this one. Just y'all, I'm gonna play Switzerland. <laughs> just, y'all, just y'all, y'all, away. Yeah, yeah, dude, I don't want any part of this. All right. So, uh, all right, y'all am, go for it. I'm on. Yes. Yeah, so, so here's my thought process. Um, first of all, it's, it's at Auburn. Okay. Which is not an easy place to play. It is, I think really the first like they're going to Georgia is going to go into Auburn with all of the pressures of being number 1 and Auburn is going to be like the underdog here with with a fan base that's going to be like rabid for this game. I think it's going to be a great atmosphere. And ultimately like this is I think the t- the toughest test Auburn has or Georgia's faced since Notre Dame cuz I think one of my big issues with both Georgia really and Alabama is, is I look at Ohio, Ohio State. And I look at Ohio State, how they ran through their schedule, and then they played two good teams, and they almost lost to Penn State, and they, and they lost to Iowa. Georgia is a good team. I don't want to like, mistake that I, I think they're a really good team. But ultimately, they've – I mean, I think Mississippi State was impressive, but I, I'm not going to give you a ton of credit for beating up on Tennessee, Vanderbilt – in Florida. And I think when you go into to Auburn, Jordan Hare Stadium and you and you have a defense, a front seven for Auburn that's going to absolutely test your run game like it hasn't been tested since Notre Dame and you force Jake Fromm to make some plays and he might be able to do it. I I'm not saying he can't cuz he he is one of the more confidence inspiring freshmen, but ultimately he hasn't really had to. Even against South Carolina last, last week they were just like Gary Danielson said it. Like they were just dinking it. Like South Carolina was giving him those underneath routes. I think Auburn would test him. I think he'll challenge him more. And look, on a, I think Georgia is a better team than Auburn, but I don't think that 
they, I just, I, I feel like this is a spot where a they can lose and and still have everything in front of them, and I think that it's just going to be too tough of a scenario to come out of there with a W. It's going to be a great game. My my biggest hang up is just I I think Kirby and his staff is is better than Gus Malzahn and his staff, so that yeah, worries me. Yeah, but and beyond I think that, I like of, Auburn. I think that's one of my bigger concerns too. It's just I've seen Auburn trip over its own feet too many times in games like this. It did so just a couple weeks ago against LSU, which, you know, it's one of the better teams it's faced this year. It got in its own way and ended up losing to LSU. And and offensively against Clemson earlier in the season, whereas obviously Clemson's got a great defense, but I felt like Auburn's play calling was problematic for them in that game as well, and it caused them to struggle. And this is another really good defense that Auburn's going against. And just based on the trends of what we've seen this year, Auburn has a really hard time scoring points against good defenses. And that concerns me. And it's just with the history, I mean, looking at trends in this series, um, first of all, Georgia's 7-0 and against the spread in its last seven games on the road. Uh, Auburn's 1-4 against the spread in its last five home games against a team with a winning record. The favorite in this rivalry is 6-1 and one against spread in the last seven years, and that includes Georgia covering the spread five of the last six meetings. So just historically, even when Auburn has been probably the better team a few of those years, Georgia's done better against the spread in this game than Auburn has, and I just don't have any faith in this coaching staff. And from what I've seen of this Auburn team, to think that even at home they're going to beat this Georgia team because – I just have more confidence. I mean, Auburn's defense is spectacular. Georgia's defense is spectacular. Maybe if we were geniuses, we'd both be taking the under in this game more well, than that's, anything. That's what I was going to say. So 47 points, you know, in the last two games combined between these two teams, they've scored 51 points. Um, in, in the last two meetings, three of the four team totals passing have been under 100 yards. <laughs> Um, which is crazy to think that only, uh, you know, only one team in the past four meetings has thrown over hundred yards. Um, so there's a lot to like in the under. I, and, and I, I don't feel great about this. I, I think it's the right side, but I'm not super confident in it. And I, and I, I played it for lack of, of, of many other plays that I felt great about. Um, so I'm nervous about it. And, and honestly, like you said, I, 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 I maybe I should just be playing the under instead. I think but, maybe I should just be playing the under. Too, <laughs> you guys, <laughs> did we do we just both talk ourselves into out of a lock fight and into a lock unity? <laughs> wow, look at see, I think I think the country as a whole could take a little lesson from what happened here between Martin and I. <laughs> take me off Auburn. Give me the under. All right, I'm gonna give me the under, under too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> look at that. Hands across America, folks. Working out our differences. All right. Auburn and Georgia under. The Great Compromise Part 2. Divisiveness is over. They've reached across the aisle and they've come to a consensus that is truly (laughs) beautiful. Bipartisan agreement. Bipartisan agreement on the Auburn-Georgia under. Um, Yeah, Auburn in its last five games against top ten opponents, 0-5, averaging 12.6 points and 232 yards of offense. Woo! It's such a like it's I'm so conflicted with Auburn because you mentioned the LSU game and it's a fair point, but you look at that game and Auburn managed to lose it, but you also look at that game and Auburn was clearly the better team. And it's like, does the 
does the good team that Auburn can be sort of break through in this game and and, and actually put it all together? I, ultimately, I don't have enough faith in that. That's why I'm going to take the under instead. But I just like they're cap- Like Auburn is very capable of winning this football game, and, and I think just like you said, Chip, sort of just betting on the SEC not going according to plan. It makes sense to me that they would, but I, I'm going to. I'm going to back off. And Georgia's already got the SEC East locked up. Like, a loss here, yeah, hurts, but how much does it hurt? Georgia would still have everything. Not that that shouldn't at all factor into the motivation, but if you're betting on, like, the weird ways that the SEC turns, Jordan-Hare is often a spot where weird happens. That bird's flying around. Can't trust anything. I just think Auburn's saving the weird for the Iron Bowl. Oh, I hope not. I don't want that. That's that'd you be don't. too. That'd be too much. Oh, be too much you're handle. such a huge Alabama fan. Uh, speaking <laughs> of, let's keep it in the SEC, where I am locking up Alabama minus fourteen. Oh, oh man, I am feeling awfully uh, feisty today. We're gonna have another lock lock conflict here. Lock fight. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not getting off my side. By the way, I'm going I'm, hard. <laughs> I've got this game in my locks as well, but not on either side of the spread. Oh wow, a lot of action here. Okay. Yeah. All, All right. right, Chip, you're up first. Um, I last year Nick Fitzgerald. This was his worst performance. Uh, I think that they have. I think Alabama's got the the recipe to be able to keep this from. Uh, getting too dangerous at all and I think that they use the blueprint from the Georgia Mississippi State game and they just say look this Mississippi State defense is not going to be able to keep us from running the ball especially for a Alabama ground game that was kind of beat up a little bit by LSU I think LSU's defense the way it played on Saturday night is much better than almost anything I've seen from Mississippi State's defense. And so I just I see this being a get-right game for Damian Harris. I see this being uh, the kind of game where Mississippi State maybe gets to like 14. You know, maybe they pop a, a big play or two, but I don't see a lot of long uh, – I don't see enough explosive plays for Mississippi State to be able to not end up getting beat like – 35 to 14. All right. Uh, my counterpoint, as I am on Mississippi State, and what do we have at the line out here? I got 14. 14. All right. 14, yeah. So I'm at Mississippi State plus 14. And this is a big boy week for me here. This is a roll up your sleeves and, and, and make some tough decisions week. And, and this is a tough decision because absolutely I can see Alabama blowing out anybody, and Mississippi State is no exception. But I think that Mississippi State is a really good team at home. This atmosphere is going to be awesome. Um, Alabama, I think it's so often we just say next man up for Alabama, and for good reason, because they have guys no one else has sitting on the bench. But I think this injury situation that they're facing right now is unlike anything Nick Saban has ever faced in Tuscaloosa. They've got their... Their two starting pass rushers have been out for the year, which is no big deal at this point, except for now you've got two other starting linebackers that are out for their, for either the year or at least a significant amount of time in, uh, in Mac Wilson and Sean Deon Hamilton. You have Minka Fitzpatrick, who sounds like he, I mean, he's banged up, 
Um, and that's if if he gets if he goes on to miss significant time in this game or is limited, that's going to be a significant factor because he's probably their best player. Period. And a team like Mississippi State that does give you some trouble in the quarterback run game where you do have to fit the run game well. There's opportunity for some big plays when you've got potentially true freshman Dylan Moses in there who's talented, but he's a true freshman, and, and guys like Jamie Mosley in there who haven't played the kind of meaningful <coughs> excuse me, haven't played the kind of um, role that, that some of these other guys have in the past. I just think there's some vulnerabilities here at Alabama. And I also think, despite the injury thing, I mean, I've been saying this since spring or summer that on Alabama's schedule, this game is one to watch. And I think, you know, back in the spring, Alabama fans would be laugh you out of town when you say something like that. But now we're here, and Mississippi State is a pretty good team, and they do have a chance. They do have a lot to play for here. And, and I just think they're going to be ready I think last week against UMass, if anything, it makes me feel better about this because it makes me, it tells me that how much they're looking over UMass to, into this game. And so Alabama has, has just, they've looked very human to me and, and against decent teams. And this is a probably to me the fourth best team in the SEC. Uh, and I think the fourth best team in the SEC can keep it, keep it within two scores, two touchdowns. So I'm going state. Mm. What do you think, Tom? What's your side? Well, Under? my <laughs> initial inclination was Alabama minus 14 based on a few things, but mostly it was how Mississippi State performed earlier this year against Georgia and Auburn. Now, both of those games were on the road, but, you know, it lost to Georgia by 28 and then it lost to Auburn by 39. And I've just had this feeling about Mississippi State all year where it's the fourth best team in the SEC, but there's still a pretty decent gap between it and the top three and then there's a huge there's still a huge gap between number three and the top two in my mind but what barton brings up was one of the reasons why i couldn't really pull the trigger on alabama minus 14 is just with those injuries on defense and just the fact that alabama this year i mean as i wrote in the Fernelli 50 on on yes on wednesday it's the best team in the country according to my formula and my rankings but it's not a juggernaut team this year at least compared to years past. Like right now, Alabama's number one in my rankings, but at this time last year with the same score that it has, it would be ranked fourth in the country behind itself, Clemson and Washington. It's just not as dominant as a team, so it's hard for me to really feel too confident in it covering the 14 against a Mississippi State team that is not a pushover, which is why, in the end, my lock is going under 51. Mm. Because in my mind, Chip, like you said, I don't think Mississippi State's going to have enough explosive plays to really score too many points. I'm thinking 14 might be their ceiling in this game. But on the other side of that coin, Alabama knows, Nick Saban knows his defense is banged up. The depth on that side of the ball is being tested. So what I'm expecting Alabama to do this week is to control the ball. Ooh, a lot We're of... going to see a lot of runs, yeah. a lot of long slow possessions in order to keep that defense off the field as much as possible and rested for dealing with Nick Fitzgerald and that offense just trying to pound you endlessly. So I think when you put those two things together, and I feel like the under is very safe. I see an Alabama 31-14 to 14 kind of win, which, yes, would be a cover for Alabama, 
but I'm just not nearly as comfortable in picking the cover for the tide as much as I am in the under. And if we're if we want some trends, let's trend it. Uh, last 18 years between these two teams, unders come through 14 times. <laughs> so that's 18. a pretty good rate. Eight. How many coaches is that? That is four combined coaches, five combined yeah, coaches, something like that. Five. Yeah. Yeah. Crew wasn't there that long. Um. Well, dang. I, I I agree. Like the to your point too about Alabama not being as good this year as like that's another reason why like both Mississippi State and Ar- Auburn and or yeah and Auburn in these spots is I think I've come to the conclusion. I think we talked about it some this week, Chip. Is just that this is not this is not you know some giant and and a bunch of dwarves below. Like this is a v- much more even national playing field than probably maybe the last couple years. I mean, Alabama can lose. Georgia can lose. Notre Dame can lose. Like these are all teams that are very similar. And and there's not like a huge difference to me beyond the top six or seven. So I just, I'm having a hard time seeing Alabama go undefeated this year. Honestly, they may win a national title. I'm having a hard time seeing them go undefeated. Mm, Or they could go undefeated and then lose in the sec championship game. Ooh. Yeah, they could. Yeah, they or they get in the playoff anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So we've got Barton right now at USC minus 13 and a half. Auburn under 47. Mississippi State plus 14. Tom, Georgia under 47. Bama, Mississippi State under 51. I've got USC minus 13 and a half. Alabama minus 14. Uh, Tom, you're up. Uh, for my next lock, we're going to South Beach. Mm-hmm. Where. The Catholics and convicts are meeting yet again. And I'm taking Notre Dame minus three on the road against Miami. Sorry, Miami. I know that you're back because you beat Virginia Tech last week, but I don't think you're quite as back as you think you are. Um, For me, this is just a matchup nightmare for Miami. If if you look at the Miami defense, overall, it's been solid. But using S&P Plus, Miami's run defense is actually ranked 82nd in the country. That's not really something you want going up against Notre Dame's offense, which is ranked by the same metric number two in the country. The only, you know, behind only Oklahoma's rushing attack, which I was kind of surprised by just side note to see Alabama had the best run rush offense in the country. But anyway, so I just look at this as a case where Miami's defense is not going to be able to stop Notre Dame. I think Brandon Wimbush and Josh Adams are both going to have a very good day. We saw last week in the game against Wake Forest, Wimbush and Notre Dame kind of, you know, they started featuring Wimbush as a passer more, which was good. And I think something that they need to do going forward if they're going to not just get to the playoff, but have a realistic chance of getting to the title game and possibly winning it. But I don't think they're going to need it this week. I think they're going to be able to run the ball well enough against Miami on their own that they won't need to worry too much about passing. And on the other side of the ball, I'm just not completely sold on Malik Rozier. I know he had a good game against Virginia Tech. <laughs> Did he? I still, well, they won. Yeah, I mean, they I mean, won, he, but... He had some key plays. Yeah. He he, he didn't some, have a great game overall. Some key plays with his legs. He yeah. he is, he's, he's a gamer. He's a playmaker, but he also makes some pretty bad mistakes. Yeah, so I, I see this being a case where Miami's not going to get blown out, but I think it's going to be a pretty safe two score kind of cover for Notre Dame. Uh, Tom, our, our interests are aligned this week. I am also on the fighting Irish. Um, 
You guys hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. Yeah, I was just Sorry, writing it my, down. My 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 uh, audio kind of went kooky there for a second. So I'm also on the Fighting Irish. Um, I part of my deal here is I look at what Notre Dame's done to date, and like USC was biggest game in college football that week or one of them and and notre dame blew them out um nc state notre dame um one of the biggest games on the slate that weekend notre dame came in and and took care of business georgia notre dame one of the biggest games on the slate that weekend and notre dame lost but but played well and 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 you know early in the season it was I i thought a uh, a performance that was commendable, for lack of a better word. My point is, this is a spot here coming into to Miami that I think Notre Dame is going to feel very comfortable in. At this point in the season, a uh, a big game doesn't give this team any pause. I think this team is going to be really um, focused, motivated. I think they're going to come in with a good mentality. I think that they are – I mean, last week against Wake Forest was the offense was clicking. The defense gave up just sort of some some late-game points. I think it was sort of a – I think it was a kind of a walkthrough game for them. And meanwhile, Miami's coming off this sort of emotional win where everyone was counting them out against Notre, or Virginia Tech. They proved people wrong, and, and now they're ranked up closer to where they, quote, should be ranked. I think they get – taken down a peg or two this weekend you know I, I was I was thinking more on the Miami side earlier in the week and then I just sort of started going through the personnel oh yeah that's where you get it when you start to look and, at the depth chart yeah because Notre Dame like I'm just gonna I mean that offensive line speaks for itself Brandon Wimbush Josh Adams like those are guys offensively I think that are that that can pose a problem for Miami and and I and I don't and I think defensively for Notre Dame, it's more of a just a cohesive unit that's gonna um, that's gonna create some some tough decisions for Malik Rozier. So, long story short, I I, I like Notre Dame here. Um, I saw it at minus two and a half. Is it minus three? I'll take that too. But I'm uh, I feel the, the the deeper we get into the week, the better I feel about Notre Dame in this spot. The uh, that Notre Dame defense has played like the key player like Jerry Tillery, Niles Morgan, Trumbetti, Gur Martini, Drew Tranquil. Drew Tranquil. Uh like I I saw this week, like Niles Morgan's played in like forty eight games. And every one of them for the most part has been like against quality competition. They're uh that's that the the experience of Notre Dame's defense makes sense for me as an explainer for how they have been really really solid but yet you're not always seeing like one name or one player or you're not always catching like uh one guy as the star of that group yeah a fun thought exercise that just came to me while we were discussing these games you know notre dame's only loss this year is that one point loss to georgia okay well let's just pretend for a minute that notre dame won that game 20 to 19 Clearly, at this point, with its record and its resume, it's at number one. Right. But, right. but where's an eight and one Georgia, whose best win is Mississippi State ranked? It's a good call. 
Is that, I mean, are, all of a sudden are like Miami and Wisconsin a couple spots higher? I mean, it's like, it's, it's just a weird thing to think about. Well, the, uh, and that's exactly, I mean, going back to our Georgia game, like that's exactly yeah. why I'm saying that, that this SEC schedule can, can really, I think, create some uh, like issues with, with how we perceive teams. Just I think the SEC is just that bad below the top four or five teams. Mm. Um, all right. So both of you on Notre Dame minus three. Let's go to Ohio State, Michigan State. I don't want – does anybody have a play here? I don't have a lock, but I'm pretty sure I know where you're going, and I agree. Under. Oh, never mind. Oh no 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 no! You you're on the uh, Ohio State uh, to cover, right? Yes. Yeah. So am I. But that's not my lock. My lock here is under fifty four and a half. Too many daggone points for this game. Do we think Michigan State can put up twenty five points, twenty one points? Or Man, is I'm not putting anything past this Ohio State team anymore. <laughs> they could be anybody. They Iowa's offense hasn't looked like. Give me a game where Iowa's offense has looked impressive. Illinois crushed them. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so you're so you're my point uh, exactly. <laughs> like so, so you're like just, what, they they just made that Iowa team look like an absolute juggernaut. And and so but that doesn't feel like who Ohio State is. And the, you're gonna tell me that Nick Bosa getting getting kicked out in the second quarter is is has that kind of an impact on the game. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what to think about this Ohio State team anymore. So you're no, just running away? Losing your left tackle has a big impact on the game. Mm. For Ohio State? Yeah. As an impact, I mean, well, Jamarco Jones was, he, I mean, he came back in, didn't he? A and B, how does that, how does that, how does that affect the defense that gave up 55 points? I don't know. I'm just saying it was for a while the offense couldn't do anything because it didn't have its left tackle and Iowa's offense just kept getting back on the field quickly. But no, I my my thought process is I, I'm, I like the under. But as far as just the spread is concerned, first of all, I have not been a believer in Michigan State all season. So that's part of my thought process. I just this is a team that I feel like, you know, that kid you went to school with that like graduated but did just enough to get by. Uh, I feel like that's, no, I definitely yeah. <laughs> don't know who you're talking about. But I feel like that's this Michigan State team where it's winning, but it's just doing the bare minimum to win the game. And I don't think that this Ohio State team is going to lay an egg two weeks in a row. I have a feeling coming back home, and by the way, you know, this is Michigan State team that really hasn't been as good on the road as it has been at home this year. I just think going back home, this is... After that loss last week, I feel like we are going to see Ohio State come out and play the best game it's played all year. Now, I don't know if it does that the rest of the season, but I'm just saying I feel like this week we're going to see Ohio State be the team we all thought it was in the preseason when we had it picked to win the Big Ten and get to the playoff and maybe win a national title. I just have a feeling that's coming on Saturday. In- Wait, so just to be clear, who who is on what here? I'm on Ohio State, Michigan State under 54 and a half because four of the last six times that these two teams played, neither one got to 20. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, 
but you're not on the play, right? I'm not. No, no dude. Not, no, no, no. I'm, I'm kind of with you, Barton. I don't want to touch Ohio State to cover or not cover. My pick is Ohio State, but I'm, I'm terrified of trusting I, them as a team. I am more confident in predicting the way that this game is going to go. I can, yeah. I, of all the plays, I, you know, I'm, I, I would lean the under here as well because I just think these two teams and D'Antonio and, 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 you know, I don't know, maybe. I haven't looked at the history here, but it, it feels like in this game, usually like a grinded out close game. 17, yeah. 16 a year ago, 17, 14 the year before that, 49, 37 in 2014, but then in 2012, 17, 16, 2011, 10, 7. There is an element of Michigan State here. I get what you're saying, Tom, but like they also, I mean, Brian Lewerke threw for 400 yards last week against Penn State. I I wonder if they're starting to settle in a little bit offensively uh if they get a pass game going um if they you know if you can no longer just stack the box and and stop the run you know i don't know they still only scored 27 points last week but i I just wonder if they've gotten in a little bit of a groove here later in the season maybe but if if you just look at how michigan state's done on the road it, it beat michigan 14 to 10 in that downpour in which michigan had like five turnovers it beat Minnesota by three points, and then it lost to Northwestern in triple overtime. It's like every time Michigan State goes on the road, not the same team it is back at Spartan Stadium. Yeah, that's fair. Well, uh, if it's you know maybe if it's a tight game, maybe that would benefit me. Uh, but you know you don't want it to be too tight. You want it to be comfortable, like me undies. Me undies makes feel good undies that your butt will be proud to wear. And most comfortable pair of underwear you will ever own and to check it out for yourself go to meundies.com slash cfb it's easy we are your favorite college football podcast so you just go to meundies.com slash cfb they got tons of styles and patterns to choose from for both men and ladies so meundies will have the perfect fit for any personalities the meundies feeling is unmatched because they use a naturally soft fabric that is three times softer than cotton so for a limited time only you not only can get in on this with free shipping and 20% off, but for a limited time, you can get the first ever glow-in-the-dark print. It's called Lights Out. Go check it out. So why not update your underwear drawer? And you know what? If underwear isn't your thing, MeUndies also makes the softest socks in the world. So to get 20% off on the best, softest underwear and socks you will ever own, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to MeUndies.com slash CFB. That's MeUndies.com slash CFB. I'm wearing mine right now. Mm, Stunting. Stunting in his MeUndies. Okay. That's right. To review, Barton is on the Trojans minus 13 and a half, Auburn, Georgia under, Mississippi State plus 14, Notre Dame minus 30, Tom got Georgia, Auburn under, Bama, Mississippi State under 51, Notre Dame minus 3, Chip, Ohio State, Michigan State under, USC minus 13 and a half, Alabama minus 14, uh, Barton, back to you. Okay, this is my fifth and final play of the week, unless I get a wild hair and something <laughs> catches my eye here by the end of the show, but... Uh, my play, this is, again, this is a grown man week. This is adult decisions week. Uh, my latest adult decision is Iowa State plus six and a half. Mm. I, am, I am terrified to do this because I, uh, just, it's just, I just worry about picking a grinded out team against a team that can score 50. 
because what if the team scores 50? Right. Um, <laughs> you know, then the grind, it's going to be hard to grind it out to, to keep up. But I, there's, there's just so many reasons why this makes sense to play Iowa State. I mean, they held West Virginia to 20 last week, so, and, and I think shut them out in the second half. Um, so they can, they can do this. They, obviously, they've already taken care of Oklahoma and, Iowa, or and, uh, and TCU. They are playing. They have everything to play for. Oklahoma State has nothing to play for. Oklahoma State's out of the college football playoffs. They are. If they, they're out of the big t- the uh, the Big Twelve championship contention. Um, meanwhile, if Iowa State wins this game, they're in the Big Twelve championship game. Well, I mean, assuming they take care of business the rest of the way. So I don't know statistically, mathematically, I don't know if Oklahoma State's out, but they look out, and. This is at home. <clears throat> this is a huge game at home. This is a game that, and, and, and this is a team that's been pretty good against Oklahoma State. Like, they, they covered last year. Um, they covered two years ago. They've, you know, 35-31, 38-31. Like, they play these guys close even when they're not very good. And I think this is a different team. They're better coached. Oklahoma State, that's a big, emotional, high-paced loss last week that they've got to recover from now and go on the road uh, to Ames at 11 a.m. Central Time and try to figure out a way to win. And I I just think emotionally, psychologically, it's going to be a lot to deal with, and Iowa State's going to have a better, uh, you know, be more grounded, more ready for this game. So I'm going to go Iowa State plus six and a half. Um, you know, by the hook if you can, and I'm just going to, you know, grit and bear it and 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 hope they pull it out. That's the uh, that is that is a grown man play. That's eating you. That's eating your spinach right there. <laughs> that's right. That's that's turning down the. Uh, that's that's giving up. That's giving up red meat during the weekdays so that you can improve your health and your blood pressure right there. I'm uh, I'm not I'm not on it, but I'm impressed. I'm really impressed. I there there is some good news for you, Barton. You're worried about Oklahoma State scoring 50 points. Well, the Cowboys do average 50 points a game at home, but on the road they're only scoring 41.4. Oh, okay. Yeah, 41 41 might worry me too. But no, I I also picked Iowa State plus six and a half. I just I'm not making it a lock. I just Iowa State has done, I mean, they've done so well at home against the spread and against, you know, winning teams historically. Their record against at home against winning teams against the spread has been really good. It's just my concern is that a lot of those spreads were of the 30-point variety because Iowa State's always been so bad for the last few years. And I don't know how that trend's going to carry now that they're being, uh, you know, now that they're less than a touchdown favorite now that Vegas is kind of catching up to it. So But they've played good pass defense against everyone. They have. No, I know it's it's I I've taken I like I said I took Iowa State plus six and a half. I'm just not making it a lock. I gotcha. They they actually last week having played like even though they lost West Virginia, the nature of that game is West Virginia is pretty good at making any game wide open. The nature of that game staying sort of within the twenty point range, being that it what it was like 
gives me even a little more confidence in Iowa State. Um, but ultimately, in a perfect week, this is not a game I would have wanted to play. But it's just it, it's time to grow up and uh, <laughs> tuck in my shirt, you know, throw on a tie and uh, and, and, and go to work. Right. And leave the nest and fly. <laughs> um, Tom, do you want it or you want me? I got a lot uh, left. I've I've got another lock. Okay. I've got I've got two more locks. All right. Uh let me let me go ahead and get this one then. We got You go. The, I'm so conflicted. Uh these are two of my favorite teams in all of college football and really two of my favorite sports teams um in any sport ever. Wake Forest is playing at Syracuse in the Carrier Dome. <laughs> these two teams have been against the spread world beaters. Wake Forest six and two against the number. Syracuse six and one against the number. But we see Wake. We see Wake putting up a big number against Notre Dame. You think Syracuse? You think Dino Babers? Even the over unders getting bet up to sixty four and a half. I love that. Give me Wake Syracuse under sixty four and a half. I love it. Yeah, this is uh. This is this is a spot where I'm looking and I'm seeing that Syracuse Syracuse is going to end up kicking a lot of field goals and maybe missing some field goals because of Wake's defense and that just that really sets up well for me I think so uh, I couldn't take a side too torn on because I love Wake Forest and I love Syracuse so give me Wake Syracuse under sixty five. Here, here's some fun, unexpected things about Syracuse that just go against what the common perception of them is because with Dino Babbers and that offense and what they do. Now, obviously, he was only there since last year. But in Syracuse's last 12 home games, unders come through 11 times. Yeah. In, Sy- in Syracuse's last 12 ACC games, the unders come through 11 times. Syracuse is an under machine because – that line, especially since Babbers took over, that line gets bet up because people think they're going to score a ton of points and then give up a bunch of points. And it's one of those teams where you sneaky, go against the public, fade the public, take unders in Syracuse games, you'll get rich. That's what we're trying to do. That's how we climb back in this. defensive team than, than people realize. They actually, they got some pretty good players on defense. Yeah. Actually, you know, here's another trend for you, Chip. 18 of Syracuse's last 22 games, period. Home, road, conference, non-conference, under. Wow. Smashing. And mm-hmm. I do, I, I love this, uh, this line's been dancing around right now. I'm looking at it, Syracuse minus one. But yeah, Wake and Syracuse combined 12 and three against the spread. Crushing it. Can't wait to watch this game. I'm going to be locked in. Y'all can enjoy Georgia-Auburn. I'm all about Wake-Cuse. <laughs> all right, Tom, give me a lot. Uh, my next lock is back in the Big Ten. Iowa's heading north to Wisconsin to take on the Badgers after a huge win over Ohio State that we've discussed already. And I'm taking the under 46. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not comfortable at all with the spread in this game. I would not be surprised at all if Wisconsin completely pastes Iowa and covers it. But I'm much more comfortable with the under because... This is an Iowa team that has been fantastic at home, as we have seen with what it did against Penn State, where it need, you know Penn State needed that last second touchdown to beat it, and then kicking the crap out of Ohio State last week. Ohio State on or Iowa on the road, much different story. They're averaging 31 points a game at home and only 21 points a game on the road. That's a huge disparity. 
And this is a Wisconsin team that's been very good at home, and its defense particularly is it's allowed only 14 points per game at home. And then just the history of this series, not exactly high scoring. So even though 46 seems like a really low number, I think it's very safe. I think that the the, the it's gonna the winning team's gonna have twenty four points at most in this game. Would you end up taking for expert picks? Uh, I believe I took Wisconsin. Uh, I took Iowa, and I feel terrible about it. I don't. Yeah, know. I I don't know. I'm not really comfortable on either side of the spread. I I think that I think Wisconsin. I feel like this could be a twenty four to ten Wisconsin cover in that kind of fashion. But it's just I still think that Iowa's better than that spread yeah so i i don't know i just feel really really comfortable with the enter five of the last seven in this series in madison have gone under Mm-hmm. yeah um the last two have gone under this is this is i mean it seems like this is just like from now until eternity when iowa plays wisconsin just bet the under and you'll, <laughs> you know you may lose yeah. a couple but you're gonna usually win like don't even doesn't matter who's playing and what the what the personnel looks like. Just bet the under Wisconsin Iowa. In fact, I mean, not joking around. If you just bet the under in every single game every single week, you'd make money over the course of your life <laughs> every year. Every year. Every well, maybe not every year, but most times, more often than not, under. Under. If you just bet under all the time. All right. You will win. So you got Wisconsin, Iowa under forty six. Um, well, can can I wreck your world with an over? Oh yeah, you can. All right. How about Tulane, ECU? How dare you? Over sixty four and a half. Whew, that's a lo- that's a lot of points. ECU's an over machine. I hey, listen to this. So ECU, when it has played an offense with a pulse, gives up fifty points. Yeah. So I am Tulane's offense have a pulse. <laughs> I'm ruling out BYU, which put up 17. I'm ruling out Temple, which put up 34. We got but, a new Temple out there though. They're they're scoring points these days. The last two weeks. But they weren't in October 7th. No, you're right. I know. Yeah, but they gave up 52 to Houston. They gave up 63 to UCF. They gave up 61 to USF. They gave up 64 to Virginia Tech and 56 to West Virginia. Tulane and ECU, this sucker. And it's like a close line, too. And the game's in Greenville. Yeah. Give me that over 64 and a half. I'm going to buckle up for a point explosion. <laughs> I just always get concerned about option run teams with overs over 60-something. But Tulane, listen, when, when you're running against traffic cones, you don't get stopped as often. The clock stops. But the offense isn't. <laughs> I just I, I, I don't disagree with the pick. I just, you know, that's that's a that's a high total for two bad teams, in my opinion. OK, um, you're, hope, you're hoping for the uh, I guess who was it? Tulane just put up a million on Tulsa. Uh, Tulsa. That's right. Yeah. Sixty two points. In that one. Yeah. Um, all right. So sticking in the American Athletic Conference, I'm also taking the UCF UConn under sixty four. UConn unders have been incredible to me. So that's just a principal play. I don't have a lot of good uh, backup other than that. I mean, how, ma- how many points do you think UConn is going to score against UCF? You're the UCF man. Are you taking UCF this week, Barton? I'm not. I'm not. I don't know if this is, you know, makes me a, a fair weather UCF 
backer. Uh, they, you know, they didn't take care of me last week. I thought I residual gonna, income. I thought this was when we were going to be coming income, back. You don't jump off when it when it dips. You keep, you know, you stay the stay the course and you get your money back. So, yeah, I I would I would I picked them in the expert picks, but. 38 points, man. That's so many. So many. <laughs> That's so yeah. many points. I can't remember what the exact number was, but I believe that this year, underdogs of 30 points or more are covering about 62% of the time. Mm. Yeah. And I wonder what that number is when it starts getting up to 30. Probably a lot higher. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, they barely covered 38 l- last week against um, uh, Austin P or two weeks ago against Austin P. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know. I'm, I look, I'm not betting against UCF ever, but I just, that number just was, ah, that's a little scary. So I, I want to, I'm just going to back off it this week. Maybe get back on the train against UCF USF. Um, all right. So I've got one left. Tom, what do you have? I have one left as well. Barton and, and you're cleared out. No, I'm not, I, I'm, I am, I'm desperately searching for another play that I can just, that, that I can cruise to a victory on. So so y'all y'all make yours and I may have one All right, more at the end. Tom. Uh well, my final pick is also in the American Athletic Conference. I am taking SMU plus four and a half at Navy. I like it. Uh Navy the last month has taken quite a downturn. It is not very good team and SMU is kind of trended the other direction even if it's not completely winning all of its games and also Navy's pass defense kind of horrific and while SMU's pass offense is not like a huge big play threat where you know they're chucking down the field and running four verts and all that kind of stuff it's more of a it's more of like a west coast spread I think is the kind of fun way to describe it um they're really efficient and they're really good at it and I just don't see Navy being able to stop Cortland Sutton and stop all the SMU receivers and stop the SMU offense, to- period. And SMU's defense, while not good by the standard definition or the above average definition, is still good enough to at least limit Navy's offense, in my mind. So I really like SMU plus four and a half. And honestly, I don't mind it on the money line either. I do think it's unpatriotic for you to pick against the Service Academy on Veterans Day. But you can, you know, I didn't realize that it was <laughs> Veterans Day. So now I do tough, feel that's kinda, a tough karma pick right there. That's a real yeah, tough now, karma pick. Now I feel kind of bad. Um, I, I think uh, you've also got SMU in a potential letdown spot after getting up for the big UCF game. But uh, your comments about Navy's defense are spot on. It's can't it's trust bad. Navy's defense. Not with not with uh. Not with all those free-range SMU wide receivers running around. Uh, all right. My final pick. I do not have any faith in uh, any Jim Mora coach team ever. And I don't care if Josh Rosen is coming back. Arizona State has not been a bad football team. And I don't understand why they are an underdog going up against UCLA I got Arizona plus, Arizona State plus three, and I think that if you're looking for a fun money line play, that might be your on-the-field pick right there. Yeah, I didn't get that line either, man. Yeah, it, it opened as a pick 'em, But yeah. it's... It, 
It's open. It opened as a pick'em and it's moved. That's what I'm saying. It opened yeah. as a pick'em and it's moved to UCLA, and I was just like, "All right." <laughs> I mean, I I don't I haven't seen like where has Arizona State looked like a really bad football team this year? Like they, uh, like you lost to Texas Tech. Um, you know, you lost to USC. You lost to Stanford by ten. I mean, UCLA has looked like a horrendous football team no less than three or four times this year. <laughs> I, 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 I feel pretty good that Arizona State's going to be able to go take care of business here. Right? Am I crazy here? I mean, that, no. That the only reason that I'm that I didn't play this one is I just I look at it and it's like what, that's just bizarre. Like I just don't get it. Like when I don't un- like I don't, when I don't understand the line at all. And I just I get too scared of it. So I'm I'm totally on your side here. I just I'm just too scared of is that, of that. is that a what does Vegas know? There's a reason why the buildings are so tall and shiny type thing. <laughs> yeah, but I mean I, I'd like to see. I mean the only thing I can find says that all the public is on UCLA, but I haven't seen like a a, a recent calculation on that. So but actually, what I see is that. 64% of the public's on Arizona State. Yeah, so that's that's a reverse line. Mm-hmm. Scary scary play there. I got to stick uh, I got I I, I got to <laughs> channel channel my spirit animal Paul Johnson. We're just going to stick to the offense. Arizona State is a better football team. I'm getting points. I'm going to take them. There's got just to. some UCLA millionaire out there put a million bucks on the Bruins and totally tilted the line. <laughs> and Vegas is like, well, hell, we don't know either. So yeah, we got to gotta move it. <laughs> Quick, boys, add three points, add three points. Um, all right. So are we all are we all out? Everything? Barton, last last chance to. Uh... Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to throw another log on the fire. Yes. Um, <laughs> I I've, I'm sitting here debating which one to play. I'm 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 debating between. Missouri minus 11, uh, which I think is what that line's at now, and Kentucky plus two and a half. Oh, Missouri, don't take Kentucky. I don't know, man. Like I, Vanderbilt, Kentucky's a better team than Vanderbilt. And I don't understand why Vanderbilt's favored in this game. And then there's the Missouri line where that's like a pretty big number for a team that just four weeks ago we thought was like the worst team in the sec um hey nah but you said in july seven or eight wins <laughs> i i said they thought they could get seven right, or eight wins. Right, right. but yes i did think that they had a chance to be decent so here's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna go with, with both of them both of them <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Kentucky plus two and a half. I'm gonna go with Tennessee. <laughs> I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Missouri minus eleven. So that gets me up to seven now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And and look, I I could see I actually have more confidence in the Kentucky play because I could see Tennessee figuring something out. Um, it just that just seems like a lot of points, but ultimately it feels like how are they gonna score, and Missouri is going to score. So. Yeah. Give me those two lines. That's awesome. This is, this, this hey. week is going to be my downfall. I feel it. <laughs> hey, guess what? What? I have another one. Yes! yes. All right. <laughs> what you got? Uh, how many, is, it, how many North- is this for, for you, Tom? This will be six. number six. This is, a, this is a fairly big big week for the process. 
This big, is big card. It's a late edition of the process. Um, Northwestern minus four and a half against Purdue. Mm. I just think that Northwestern the last few weeks has been playing better and kind of becoming the team we thought it was. And Purdue, after a great start, has plateaued and has kind of started heading back downhill. So I think at home, this is a game the Wildcats should win. It's a night game, so it's kind of a big deal for them. you know. It's, and Purdue isn't exactly a tough, huge competition. So I think the Wildcats are going to win this one. I like Pretty that deep. pick a lot. Yeah. I was on Northwestern early in the year, and I jumped off the train right as it started getting going. Uh, and I think now is finally time to maybe dive back into Northwestern. So I, should, I like that. You should call them November Stern. <laughs> <laughs> close. It was close. North, Northwestern right now is anchoring the Big Ten. They need, they need Northwestern to win out. They, they really do. Wisconsin needs Northwestern to just start kicking everybody's ass. So they then, do. I mean, Northwestern is 25th right now in the in the playoff rankings, and that if they can keep winning and and hang in there, then that really helps Wisconsin out a lot. If yeah. North if Northwestern is nine and three with wins against Michigan State and Iowa, they could creep up to like top, but in that 15 to 20 range in the final college football playoff rankings. Stay woke moment. Um. Barry Alvarez is in that room. Not anymore. Work. No, but I'm still, okay, but he's still Barry Alvarez. He's still Barry Alvarez, yes, 100%. He's still, he's still pulling still some strings behind that scene, pumping up Michigan State and Northwestern. Just like, oh, you guys, you got to rank them higher. You got to rank them higher. They're, they're you know, the, the college football playoff Illuminati are at work making sure Wisconsin has the resume if it comes to it. Didn't, uh, Barton, didn't Gary say something about that? Like a reference to uh, like when Barry was in the room and on the committee, he was like, you can't tell me that some of the other people in that room were not intimidated by him when he's like, no, Wisconsin. Right. Like, like you yeah, know. Fighting, fighting for the, the undefeated conference uh, champion, you know. Like, Barry, Barry, was, Barry was big on that train, like, and rightfully so. Like Barry, Barry 100% was a big reason why Iowa was number three in the college football playoff rankings going into the Big Ten championship game. You got to lock it in, make sure that they were going to get a spot. Um, all right. Well, this is well, an abs- – Before, before oh, yeah. we bounce, though, we, do, are there any other big games we should t- check on, like uh, TCU-Oklahoma? Oh, yeah, we didn't there? touch it. Is that what is, Does that say everything about our confidence and making a pick there? <laughs> right. right. Like we've uh, we've come yeah. out here with uh, like nineteen picks so far, and no one mentions TCU Oklahoma. I picked Oklahoma. I don't like what's where. I don't know where's your head at, Barton. I can't remember who I picked in the expert picks, honestly. But as the weeks, I mean, I, I kind of like TCU here, um, just as. A, they play good defense, you know, and Oklahoma doesn't. And, you know, it's a Kenny Hilvers Baker Mayfield situation, which is always worrisome. But I don't know. I, I, I'm, I, it's almost like a gut instinct that TCU is a better team. Maybe, but I don't think Oklahoma is going to lose in Norman twice in one season. That's just like the probabilities of that are, are not high. Yeah. 
in expert picks, I took TCU, but then the line was at TCU plus seven and a half. Now it's at six and a half, and I'm not nearly as confident. But uh, last five years that the game's been played in Norman, TCU's covered four times, and the road team has covered four of the last five. All of our experts are on TCU. Because well, we got it at seven and a half. Seven that is a and big half, number. Yeah, hook. seven and a half is yeah. a pretty big number. That for, hook, for two I think, teams, they're supposed to be really good. That reeled everyone in with that hook on the end of it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I I expect this to be a nerve wracking game, and I mean, at the end of the game, who do you trust? Kenny Hill or Becky Mayfield? You know what I think you should do? What? Take take the under. What's the under at sixty two? Yeah. Hmm. I like that. TCU's defense is uh good enough to be. I you can you can trust TCU's defense to be able to to power that underplay. I think. Um. Let's see. We talked about oh Washington State Utah. Does anybody trust Utah? I don't really. Um. I don't trust that line at all. I, I don't, don't understand yeah, what's I, going on with it. I, I'm also super scared of Washington State playing at Utah. Yeah. But I, I really want Washington State to win simply because I want to make sure that no matter what happens on Friday night, that the Apple Cup is everything. So I'm rooting for Washington State to win the game. Yeah. I hear you. Yeah, that was that one scared me. Weird line. I know Utah's a really tough place to play. I think Washington State's a better team. Utah hasn't um, been good the last couple weeks. No. Hey, they blew out. Who they blew out last week? They um they killed somebody. Colorado, um, I think, wasn't it? No, it was um it was Oh, it was UCLA. Oh, oh it UCLA was UCLA doesn't, UCLA count. doesn't oh, yeah, count. You're right. Doesn't count. You're right. You're right. That's that's like, you know, beating up a small child. It's like, yeah, it's a win, but is it really? <laughs> As you can tell, big fans of uh UCLA right now on the podcast. Florida State Clemson. Pro Bruin podcast. Uh I I, I Clemson. I like Clemson there too. Mm. It, on, you would, you know, you would. It would seem like um, two talented teams, buttonheads, and close game. And Florida State's lost every game close. But I think to me, the more I, I thought about the matchups and how Florida State is limited on the outside at wide receiver, and they're beaten up at, up front. And their offensive line is not very good. The combination of Clemson's defensive front being able to pressure James Blackman and wide receivers not being able to make plays for him, to me, makes Florida State too one-dimensional. And I think Clemson has a statement game against Florida State. Wow. I don't know. I don't, I, obviously, so far from a lock. I think I picked Florida State in the expert picks, but that's like... I mean, it's a pretty big number. It's a 15 and a half. I just uh, I, f- I feel like Clemson is I I don't know I don't know if this Cle- I, I don't know if this Clemson team is built to blow out uh, a team with the raw talent of Florida State. Even if Florida State's a hot mess right now, I don't know if this Clemson team has a uh, has a twenty one point win in them right now. I think they're more than happy uh, to get out of here with a ten point victory or even a two touchdown win. Just ride their defense. I mean, doesn't it feel like that's what this Clemson team is? Yeah. No, I, I mean, yeah. There, there's this team doesn't blow people out 
and I get that, but they didn't really, like I said, I've, I've said this before, they didn't really blow people out last year either. Yeah. Except for like a couple exceptions, and maybe this is the game where they they step up and, and say, okay, people are starting to doubt us. Here we are. We're, we're going to start looking like a playoff team now. Boston College going to get the home win against NC State? <sighs> I don't know. I feel better about BC than NC State, honestly. I yeah. do too. I know. <laughs> it's such a strange thing considering where we were just two weeks ago. Bro, Georgia yeah. Tech too. The noon slate has a couple of live dogs at home with Boston College and Georgia Tech both at home, both three point underdogs. If you're looking for some early early slate on the field money line plays, shop around. See what you can get. Bees. Eagles, you get both both playing teams that are coming off of uh, losses in like game of the year type scenarios. Could be a hangover. What yeah. what do we got for Illinois Indiana kids? Uh, I've, I've learned my lesson with Indiana picking them last week. So you're gonna pick Illinois? <laughs> I'm not picking. I'm saying I am not picking. I'm not touching that. Illinois is an eight-point dog to Indiana at home. Neither team has won a single Big Ten game. Not a one. Mm-hmm. You know what? I'm taking Illinois. Let's go! Let's go! Wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait. wait lock? No. Oh, hell no. <laughs> okay, Jesus. Right. I Come we on. Super late lock here. <laughs> no. I mean, no. Maybe if I was up like 30 games in the standings, I would start messing around to do something. But no. I've got ground to make up. The uh, the Michigan overtrain, uh, I can't take it even at 45 because Maryland is starting uh, the trainer, the athletic trainer at quarterback. They are down to number four. And why does this always happen at Maryland? This is twice in the last five years that are Maryland has had now? ridiculous yeah. attrition at quarterback. Yeah, Bort so Schlager's who, out. Who is literally the quarterback at this point? What's his name? Do we know? One second. Uh, this is the point like – this is a point early in the season. I would have known this because I probably would have watched every snap of the Maryland game just because I, I couldn't get enough football. And now I, I have to like start honing my attention. Is it Ryan Brand? Oh, wow. They're playing Ryan Brand? I think it is. I mean, he's he's a decent yeah, player. Yeah, he, he, he played last week. Little athletic, uh, thick kid. Um, but he's number four. Wow. Yeah. So he's no Max Bortenschlager. Oh. <laughs> Ryan, um, yeah, wow. R- Ryan Brand technically is the fifth quarterback of the season. Mm-hmm. Crazy. <laughs> like, did, did, I don't know what they do to their quarterbacks during the course of the week. <laughs> it's like, they're like Maryland students like walking around with sticks and hitting their quarterbacks as they walk across campus. What the hell is going on? I hope not. That would doesn't sound like fun for anybody. Um, no. All right. Well, I, I think that's everything, man. That's a, that's a loaded card. Listeners, um, I, I hope you're enjoying this on your, on your holiday weekend. I hope you, you get spicy. You take some advice. We've had, uh, I've had a lot of listeners reach out. They're, uh, they're excited about this slate, and we're excited to deliver it to you. So you can follow him and yell at him about his picks at Tom Fernelli. You can follow him over there, yell at him about his picks at Barton Simmons. And I'm right here with all the correct picks as my last play standing lets you know at Chip underscore Patterson. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Thank you. Bye.